Listen closely. Here we go. Lost this radio. I want to ask you one question. Why do you think that I've come here tonight? Just to put on a show? No. <laughs> And now, here he is, Jimmy Knight. The days when people made fun of me are over, girls. Now hold it, Jim. You know I was just joshing you and trying to get you riled up. It's fun to get you all riled up. See what's happening? You see what's going on here right now, right? Come on. Before we do anything else, does this song? It, what are they doing? What song is this? Well, you, you can't tell right now because the guy's taking a solo. Let's dig it. Right here, right here. What's going on? Haven't we heard this somewhere before? Record ripoff. Joe, Joe, what do you think? Sounded kind of like tequila to me. Huh? Yeah. Well, that's the kind of thing that's going to be happening tonight, I guess. Drink 'em if you got 'em. Well, Denny, Danny Bell, right? Danny Bell and the Bell Hops on the fraternity label. Okay, so I don't, you know, the first time I heard that, I thought, wow, that's really cool. And then the second time I heard that, I said, wait, wait a minute, that's cool, but there's something else happening. So uh, it's called Chili with Honey, right? So I don't know. And, they, and look, this guy takes writing credit for this on the label, Danny Bellock. Okay, of, so I, I don't know exactly, but I looked it up, and so Tequila by the Champs, that we all think we think we know, came out in, like, January of 1958, and this record came out in April 1958. So I'm just saying, I don't know who's zooming who, but what the heck. All right, so anyway, that's, that really has nothing too much to do with what's happening tonight, except that that's kind of an obscure... It's kind of an obscure record, and uh, yeah, hey, wait, this is Jimmy Knight sitting in. Whoa. Joe, what are, you, what are you doing, making popcorn? 
<laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, why not? Let, let's just say that. It's, wow. Let's go with that. that okay. That's, that's less embarrassing. It's a pr- private moment with Joe Stacks. We'll put the fader down a shade just so we can tell if he's still there in case he's there. But let, look, um, <laughs> folks, and Chesty is across the room. I don't know. I'm going to. There's a microphone set up that's like an auxiliary thing, and I'm going to put the fader all the way up. Chesty, give us a shout. Happy New Year. She's over there, folks, and she, yeah, she's, she's having a cold one, and she's blowing the siren on her, on her chair, okay? So that's, now you're all caught up on our personal lives, uh, folks, because we know that you care. All right, all right, now look, it is the new year, and uh, what happens, of course, is for Lost Discs Radio, you know, we, we, our sister guys over there, our cousins, uh, brothers from other mothers at rockandradio.com, you know, they, they keep encouraging us. And what they do every December, right, at the end of the year is they get on and, and they pull out the, like the, uh, uh, the rarest of the rare in their record collections and they, they, they make the show out of that, right? So that's the challenge, right? And we, we didn't get in on that this uh, last month there. So we're doing that now for January, kicking off the year with it. And Joe, we... We are going back to Connecticut for this one. Yeah, so you better stand by, folks. It's going to be a, a night of the rarest of the rare, and here's one you think you thought you knew. But this is the first one that hit the charts.
we have we have to talk about that, Joe. Well, if we must. You can tell me that hard times are hidden my way. Tell me the sun won't shine today.
That's right. Just what you needed. Right? That's what you that's just what you needed is for us to come along like a bunch of punks and cram this stuff down your ears. And that's what's happening, and you're gonna stick around for the rest until the top of the rest of the hour. All right. Am I clear? Whoa, Chesty. Okay. Chesty's coming in on that microphone really, really swell suddenly. No. Pretty yeah. All right. I'm gonna okay, Chest. Now stand by over there because that is a group called Roctopus. I'm holding that 45 in my hot little hand right now. Roctopus. It's on the <laughs> it's on the True Sonic Records label. Now look, it's uh, okay. That's out of 1982, and it says here on the label featuring Tom Brobst on saxophone. Yeah, there was like a, this weird resurgence. Oh, I don't know if it's weird, but it was a resurgence of saxophone taking like center stage and rock bands in the 80s. That was a thing, like in the early 80s. Now, like, think of, uh, you know, what's his name? <laughs> okay, so anyways. What's it, what? There's a phone number on this True Sonic label here, on this Roctopus label, and it's got a 215 area code, and Chesty, you confirmed what? Local. Yeah. <laughs> Local would mean Pen- what? Eastern Pennsylvania. Okay, so this could have been a Philly band. This could have been a Lehigh Valley band. Hell, it could have been a Catasauqua punk band, right? There was a scene in there was a scene in Caddy in the like in the seventies, eighties, right? All right, so there you go, folks. Rarest to the rare. We're trying to do it just to kind of stick it to you, Joe. What do you say? That was impressive, and you know that that big resurgence of sax in uh, bands in the eighties is, is is often overlooked, you know. Because you always think about, like, uh, was it Romeo Void and, and other groups that, uh, you know, skillfully actually deployed sax as well? Well, in certain circles, let's face it, Van Halen didn't have no damn sax player. All right. Now, let's go back there because people are wondering what else happened except for good old Bob P., who emailed in there, Chesty Standby, to give him that email address because we heard him from good old Bob P. Oh, Wow. And so uh, all I wanted to say was, was he, he emailed in and called it. We were playing a group called the Sixpence, right? On the Sixpence with Your Girl 2, 1965. And dig this, man. It's on the Matrix 9 record label. Yes. And I'm thinking these guys were out of Texas, Joe, is what, I, is what I've heard. What do you say? Yeah, you wouldn't be wrong. I... I... The name is kind of familiar. I had to do a little digging. They uh, they put out a few indie singles uh, in '65 and '66 on the the Matrix and a couple other uh, small small labels. But yeah, supposedly uh, Texas. And uh, interestingly, they later they later signed with Mainstream Records, but changed their name to the Fun and Games Commission. Uh-huh. Ended up uh, putting out singles under that name uh, first for Mainstream and then cutting. Singles for uni as well as a whole album. Oh, is that right? Huh. So if you if you're uh, if you're looking for it, the Fun and Games Commission, wow, produced by Gary Zeckley. That's way wait Gary Zeckley of Yellow Balloon fame and at all. Yeah. Dang nations. All right. So uh, all right. Now we've really gone down that rabbit hole. Who knew there was so much to know about the sixpence? But the point is that with this guy, this guy Bob emailed in before the set was over and said, yeah, my brother had that record. You're taking me back, man. I can't believe that's the sixpence. And I was uh-huh. like, what? <laughs> I kid you not. Wow. Go ahead, Jesse, quick. Give him the email just to 
In case people want to do something like that. Lost Discs Radio at yahoo.com. You nailed it. Okay. Folks, uh, before, now look, before the sixpence, man, this is a nice obscurity here. The Smith Wade Group on the Fat Chance record label. Okay, with I Don't Wanna Know. Out of 1975, a nice obscurity that I got back in my hometown in Pennsylvania back in last past summer there. Joe, did you, what did, I, I'm thinking Virginia on these guys. What did you say? Well, there is a Smith Wade group that's been uh, together working out of Virginia since at least the 80s. Uh, but some other, I, in trying to find some other stuff, yeah. uh, I did come up with a, a Google image search, showed up a, uh, an image of the, the single uh, with that. Uh, it shows on one side, I don't want to know on the other side, with a, with a rubber stamp on it, it says Smithway GP group, I guess, care of 2800 McCallum, Regina, Saskatchewan. Regina Sask. So wow. Canadians maybe? I don't know. Okay. That, that, is in, that is some really interesting uh, sleuthing there, Joe. Thank you. We're just opening up more cans of worms for us here. Well, I, I just, when I found that record, I was like, what the, this is pretty obscure when I tried to search it up. And the only Smith Wade group I found was that cover, a cover band huh. from the 80s in Virginia. I'm like, well, I guess they could have had some of their own material put out. But yeah, all right. So I like the Saskatchewan connection better. Let's go with that, man. <laughs> Um, okay, and anyway, yeah, we kicked off the set with that, well, come on, everyone's thinking, yeah, man, Chicago, we know what that's all about. No, that was not Chicago, right, Chesty? Right. You could tell, and it was a group called Tension. Tension out of New Haven, Connecticut, and people are going to get on my case for saying that it hit the chart, but it hit the charts, folks, it was number one on WAVZ, New Haven, Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Like, that's an AM 1300, I think. Right? Downtown New Haven. And it also got airplay on WDRC in Connecticut back uh, circa uh, late 69, early 1970 on that. And, and the point is, they had that out as a single before Chicago had it out as a single. Wow. But Chicago already had it on an album, and which is where they would have copied it from. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like, who, who came first? I don't know, third base, okay? So here we go. Keep it, well, we'll check the email again there, folks. It is lostdisksradio at yahoo.com. And I just got to keep it moving, Joe, into this, <laughs> into this next set. Because one of the things I want to do, you know, you make New Year's resolutions maybe, and I want to play more records from the 50s, right? Because we've got a bunch of cool 50s records and we don't usually get to them for whatever reason when I'm making these playlists. So this next set has a couple of them and we're kicking it off with the sexy, the sexy Meg Miles, folks, out of 1955. I love your ever-loving, loving, loving. Ah. Saints a woman all dressed up to kill. Saints a woman all dressed up to kill In a honky-tonky city of sin With a sawdust old perfume with gin Saints a woman all dressed up to kill Fancy women slot machines and booze Fancy women slot machines and booze 
with no more money in the sock and 30 days in the Dixie Dock, you wind up with those Phoenix City Blues. Blues those Phoenix City Blues. Blues those Phoenix City This makes them feel quite comfortable, although when the alcohol wears off, they are much more uncomfortable.
dirty dance boy. Yeah, good boy, old man. Perhaps at some time or other, you have heard on your radio buzzing or whistling sounds which seem to come in rhythmic patterns. Yeah, there he goes, Richard Lanham, stepping out in front of the mic, uh, in front of the tempo tones, right? That was his group back in the day when he was a kid down the way. What do you say? On the old Acme record label out of 1957. Well, look, before that, um, listen, uh, Richard Lanham out of control, uh, before, but before that, Jim Fleming and the Casuals. Okay, 1959 action with Ask Her the Dance Boy, like they're kind of sounding like, well, you know, a lesser Buddy Holly and the Crickets kind of sound. Is, is, that's the vibe I was getting that he, yeah. was, he was trying to go for. Yes. On the MCI label, yes, we have an original copy of that. Did you hear how clean that was? You see, vinyl is fun, folks. It's, uh, even when it is dirty, it's fun. Hey, that's when it's even more fun. Am I right, uh, Chesty? <clears throat> sexy, now, sexy. So, yeah, we go ahead, point it out. All three of those songs in that set turned out, Chesty. 
to have sexy sacks. More, more sexy <laughs> sacks uh, than than some people have in in a in a set. And I'll tell you, before, or in the night. it's where we left off. Hey, who are you talking to? We, we, and we, of course, when we left off the last set, we heard that crazy. Uh, uh, sax in that Rocktopus song. You see how it's like, suddenly it's tying in and we don't even realize it. Look now that um, let's let's see what do we want to do? Let's let's go back in order there. That Richard Lanham and the tempo tones. Joe Richard Lanham, right? He did long career as a jazz vocalist uh, guy. Uh, but that, what what was he like? Age twelve or four, fourteen? Yeah, yeah. Well, from what I what I could. Uh Find out. He was 12 when he cut that. Yeah. Okay. There. 12. He was the tempo tones were actually uh, had some singles before this recording on the Acme label, uh, but they needed a they wanted to, so the producer wanted a younger voice, so uh, three of his brothers made up uh, members were members of the tempo tones. So they brought in their their baby brother Richard to do that uh, that one song. Sounds like Fringy Lyman. Oh, a little bit. Sure. 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 Well. So yeah, but um, yeah, I, I I just thought, wow, who was this kid? When I first heard this record, I I had not heard of Richard Lanham, and man, come to find out, I missed uh, this guy's like decades long career as a celebrated jazz vocalist. So look, um, I tell you, did, Joe, anything about Jim Fleming and the Casuals? I'm thinking no, not 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 at all. I just I I, I saw that the label I think was from Arizona. Okay. That's that's about it. Hey, and I did see there's the B side on that was "Don't You Just Know It." Was yeah. When he, have you spun that? Is that the Hue, the yeah. Huey Piano Smith song? That's the real reason I bought it. Yeah, because I wanted oh, that song. Man. We'll spin that in the next hour. What do you say? Please, yes, please. Oh, uh, don't let me forget. Okay, great. Um, yeah, and Meg Miles, um, uh, what movie actress? Kind of temptress. What, what do we know? Yeah, a lot of uh, long career. More more for. Uh, more for film and television than than her uh, singing, but she uh, she put out that she had that single that you spun on uh, the Sunset label. Got uh, she went on to cut singles for Capital and recorded a couple of albums, one each for Liberty and Mercury, going uh, from the late fifties into the early sixties, and then uh, spent a lot of time from the mid sixties on doing a lot of soap opera work, everything ah. from the Doctors to the Edge of Night, uh, All My Children, and, and more, more, more. Gee whiz. Wow. Okay, I knew her from a movie called Satan in High Heels. Well, that's something. apparently her best-known film, right? And supposedly she has a, a <laughs> an uncredited role in the Dragnet feature film as uh -huh. a, a singer at a talent agency. So uh -huh. I, I'm going to have to check that out. Well, and that the record we played, Phoenix City Blues, is also from a movie of I think the same name. Or uh, so. Anyway, folks, that's the kind of action that goes around. It's very obscure. You didn't know about it before, and you, and, and you kind of sort of don't care, but you kind of care. So now, now, now you're It's important to us, damn it. Now you're edified. Hey, look, Jay Johnson, that guy, you know that guy, JJ, Jay Johnson? He's emailed in again uh, there, and he says the weather outside reminds him of that old Lost Discs guy, the Plow King. Hey, the Plow King. Right? Yeah. And his old transvestite hotel yeah. story. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Can find... That's long ago. I think you can find that audio. That was funny oh story. All right. all right. All right. Calm down here. Let's see. Oh, it's Kristen. <laughs> What's her name? Uh, good evening, Kristen and Clayton. And they're digging it. And we're, they're glad we're keeping up the show. And they should tell us what their QTH is uh, on that because I'm not sure. But thanks for checking in there, Kristen and Clayton. And 
Yeah, good old Jordan and Altoona. And basically, is, he has three words for you, Joe. What words are those? Oh, I'm sorry. It's four, it's four words. <laughs> Here we go, Steelers, he says. All right. Okay, digging it. <clears throat> so, yeah, there, there you go, Steelers. Um, and, and the wait. Oh, good old Jules. Jules Ray coming in. Uh, junior, she says. Uh, she's, she's digging the show tonight. And, wow, and she's watching the Dolphins-Chiefs uh, game. So a lot of NFL fans out there. You know, also keeping an eye on the game and keeping an eye on the show tonight. And yes, Dr. Doc Brown has chimed in and he says, yep, he remembers uh, good old WAVZ out of New Haven. man." So we're going to move on, Joe, because suddenly we only have a, a, a short time left and a lot of music to get down to. Oh, where does it go? All right. More of the rares to the rare action. And this one, man, this one has really been bending our brains uh, look, folks, I don't know about you, but here's the deal. Like, it's, 20, it's 2024 suddenly, and like, you know, like, how did we get here? And um, you may ask yourself, <laughs> it, am I really happy that it's the new year, being that it's 2024? So if you're not just, like, a little bit <laughs> paranoid and freaked out that this year has actually started, then I don't know, maybe your head's too far into your quote the talking heads. bag. I think I just did, Chesty, because... <laughs> Uh, what's happening is I've got this, well, mid-70s thing, Joe, that I've been talking to you about because it's really made, it's made us even more paranoid. Okay, it's a group called Near Future. Ooh. It's a kind of a little paranoid number that I just can't stop listening to. Go. What, you can't find nothing out except something weird. This, yeah, this, this is another one of those so obscure, it, it's like it doesn't exist. Like it just, like it just appeared. Uh-huh. From nowhere. Yeah. But uh, the only thing I came up with there, there was some writing and arranging credits that I could find. The uh, writer on, on the one side was, and arranger for both sides was a guy named Russ DeFlavia. And when I, when I went searching for Russ DeFlavia musician, Uh-oh. the only thing I found <laughs> yes. was there was a guy who was in a touring version of Badfinger in the early 80s, it was Joey Mullins' Bad Finger, not the other Bad Finger. Not the original uh, lineup. With, with like two of the other Bad Finger members. Uh-huh. But he, was, uh-huh. he played keyboards in Joey Mullins' Bad Finger. Oh, or, okay. a well, guy named, or a guy named Russell DeFlavia did play the keyboards. Okay, well, I don't know if it's the same one. That's the thing. Well, there are keyboards. That's as much as I got. There are keyboards in this track. Let's get down to it. Everybody take your paranoia pills. Here it comes tonight. <laughs> It's an exclusive tonight on Lost Discs. Radio. Passing dreams go through my mind. Don't know if they're true. Gotta get me time to think. Oh, Lord, what will I do? Suddenly days pass so quick I get worried. Morning to Flying by, so bright they hurt my 
the Lost Discs radio show. I mean, I mean, I know what you're talking about. I don't really know what you're talking about. Keith Cross, Peter Ross, thank you, Peter Ross, Keith Cross, Keith Cross, Peter Ross, on the London label, all right, two British folky guys, Joe, I think, all right, out of 19, uh, let's see, out of 1972, Prophets Guiders, now the cool thing about that is, 
it's uh, they ha- they did have an album. I think only one album. Nice. I, I was I was trying to guess who it might be, but yes, that was that was sweet. Well, of course, Chastity pointed out that it sounded like uh, Rod Stewart. Right? Rod Stewart. That's about when uh, Maggie May would have been. Oh, yeah. Making around. So, all right, look. Um, <clears throat> that was a non-LP B-side. So these guys are already obscure. The album's already pretty obscure. And now this is a single from the album. And that's the B-side that was not actually on the album. Okay. So anyways, that, uh, just doing what I can for you. Well, before that, it was that near future that we already talked about. Is that it, Joe? Really? It was just those two songs. Yeah, that, that's, that's, uh, that's, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're getting close that's to the top of the hour, so I... Freaky I, I, future. All right, so um, <clears throat> here we go. Going into the last set, I don't know what's going to happen. We might go over top of the hour, but who cares? We're going to keep on going through the second hour and all that kind of stuff, and uh, into the after hours, deep after hours after that. So, folks, uh, anytime, it is Lost Discs Radio at yahoo.com, and we will check you out after this crazy set of a, a West Coast U.S. group that only had their LP released in Canada. Yeah, so this is a group called Oasis. No, no, not the Oasis you're thinking of. Guaranteed. Right, or else, why else would you be here? Okay, out of 1973, dig the vocals of Sherry Fox. Tonight. A little thing called high revs.
I'm just trying to impress upon you folks that this might be interesting.
They're given a sense of values by their parents and by society generally, and uh, they find out that none of us live quite up to that, those values. Fox. The Fox. 
Right there. That was the fox. Have you seen the fox lately? <laughs> yes. Polly the dog is freaking out right now because I'm yelling about the fox. We had mangy foxes coming up to our doorstep in recent months, uh, folks. It's, it's not funny, right? Joe, anything you want to say about the fox? Well, just uh, kind of a, I guess, folk psych. Kind of, kind of made me think of that uh, UK band Nirvana a yeah. little bit. Now, the UK... You mean the UK 60s band Nirvana? Well, yes, of yep. course. Uh, they were on the Fontana label. They had, and then in addition to this single, they had a, they had an album called For Fox Sake. Well, I, that, hey, what are you talking about, man? I ripped that from the LP. Oh, that's beautiful. I was not aware that that was the single release from the LP. So that's cool. All right, so look, uh, before that, now it was Gov. Uh, it was Gove. Go, Gove Scribner. Right, a folky guy. That's Death Letter Blues from from Gove Scrib Scribner. Right, Joe, folky guy. Right. That's right. Born in uh, New Haven, Connecticut. See. Uh, there he was uh, from his first uh, commercial release on the TRX label out of late 1969 with the Death Letter Blues. And yes, we kicked it off with Oasis out of 1973 on the Cranbus label, released in Canada only, even though there were a U.S. Uh, California group, I don't know, right? But anyway, it was Sherry Fox and what's his name on the vocals? We don't know. There was, yes, there were a poor man's uh, Grace Slick and Marty Balin there, right? Let's face facts, Jefferson Airplane sound. Okay, we gotta get moving, Joe, because we gotta say goodnight and thanks to everyone for digging it with our rarest of the rare selections. Beautiful. That was, that was some fab stuff tonight, Jim. Well, I'm glad you were digging it. Chesty, where are you digging it? Of course. Of course. Ah, good old... Hey, hey, there's gin. There's a bottle of gin over there. She's digging it. She's off mic, but she was just digging it. She says so. Hey, folks, get over to rockandradio.com. It is the boss man, Randy Tivins, with the RLT Archives Music Magazine. Stepfather of Soul, Jay Songstone. Right? The electrophonic Bri-Fi Phillips. Our buddy, and, and look, good old what's-his-name Brainerd with the Deep Album Tracks, folks. That's when you're not over at our site. It's lostdisksradio.com. Get over there and vote on the record label poll or something. Hey, good night, uh, good night, Chesty. Good night. Hi, Joe. Good night, everybody. Good night, Joe. And good night, Weasley Steve, wherever.